Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Whoa, whoa. Hey, uh, Noah, what's going on, man? You uh, haven't said much over there for a little while. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Mike. I've kind of been zoning out for the past, like, three hours listening to this podcast. Uh, you said three hours, you know, for, for a podcast? Oh, yeah. Um, It's these guys, fins up, fans down. They basically go back each week and, like, recap last week's game while they watch it. Whole lot of fun. Yeah, but you said three hours. I mean, what do they even talk about in that time? Um, You know, like, they give you news from the week. They recap the game, give their opinions, give their thoughts. They uh, do predictions for next week's game. Yeah, but... You know, they're, they're not too knowledgeable, but they're big fans. But I could just listen to Locked On and get all of that for, like, 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, you could. Or you could go to Twitter slash Finns fans pod and follow the podcast or go to dolphinstalk.com or iTunes and listen. Is that Finns fans pod with a PHPH? I it just so happens to be. Wow, that's really crazy. All right, guys, listen, check out Fins Up, Fans Down. It's a podcast Noah and I do every week. Uh, admittedly, we go pretty long on the podcast, but uh, we have a hell of a good time doing it. And, uh, you know, follow us at Fins Fans Pod on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the show. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect, Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your first place yet wouldn't be in the playoffs if they started today, Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Cullen. Chris, how the heck are you, my friend? Doing well, man. Uh, coming off a big win with our backup quarterback and a bunch of injuries, and uh, it's good. Good home home win. Yeah, and as always, you can find uh, Perfectville not only on welcometoperfectville.com, but you can also find us as part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. And uh, actually where I want to start here, Chris, uh, kind of fun times. As you know, I just got back from Miami. I was in person at this game. I got to go on the field before the game. I got to watch this entire game from the end zone opposite of where the game-winning field goal in overtime was kicked by our young rookie, Mr. Jason Sanders. Um, But uh, I want to start here a little bit with this uh, stat that I just said, for those that are confused. The Miami Dolphins are 4-2, tied for first place in their division with the Patriots, technically are in second place because of the tiebreaker that the New England Patriots hold over us. But if the playoffs were to start today, Chris, at 4-2, despite having the um, best record in our in our division, or at least tied for it, the Miami Dolphins would not be in the playoffs. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just based on conference record right now, and the tiebreaker above us would go to um, the 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 Ravens and the Chargers at the fifth and sixth seed. So uh, they're both four and two. Uh, the Bengals, who would be the third seed, are four and two. The Patriots, who are the second seed, would be four and two. And here's the kicker: the fourth seed would be the Tennessee Titans, who not only did we beat, but they are sitting at three and three. But just by the nature of their weak ass division, they'd be ahead of us. So uh, as exciting as it is to be four and two, and um, 
we do have a lot of questions surrounding the team, but the team right now is in a goddamn dogfight when it comes to getting into the playoffs here in the middle of the season. But we are in that discussion, at least here, Chris. So uh, you mentioned it, uh, backup quarterback Brock Osweiler. We got the news about an hour or so prior to kickoff. Uh, most of us were spelling doom and gloom because he's Brock freaking Osweiler. Uh, but he comes out, <laughs> he, uh, he throws the ball around 28 of 44, 380 yards, career high, three touchdowns, two picks, um, passer rating of 94.88. And he is our starting quarterback for the foreseeable future as it comes to find out. So uh, what are your thoughts on Brock Osweiler? What are your thoughts on this game? What are your thoughts on Brock Osweiler being the starter for at least the the next two games, if not more? Well, uh, I feel good about him after just that performance because he did look pretty well in the pocket. He seemed to uh, lead guys, throw him open, so to speak. He's he's pretty known for doing that. Um, I find it funny. Um, and I'm on the fence, Sam. I have been all week. I've been talking to my dad and a couple of Dolphins friends and things like that about how I feel uh, about his performance and what that means about Ryan Tannehill if the blinders have been on for 17. And um, it's just there's so many – if you make a pros and cons list, you're like – well, uh, he wasn't sacked, so he had time to throw. What would Tannehill have done, you know, if he had that time? Um, also, you know, Albert Wilson yards after catch were insane, so that inflates his stats like crazy. Um, but then again, Ryan Tannehill gets two touchdowns and a ton of yards for flipping a ball forward mm-hmm. on what should have been a sweep. Yeah. Um, and that, but that's being used to talk about his stats. So, um, I, I think the one thing I point to, and I've been calling for this on the show, and I say it live when I'm watching the games. This is the first time Danny, Danny Amendola became a thing in our offense. He turned, into, Brock, he, yeah, he turned into Danny Amendola. I was think, thanking God for him uh, for a lot of those catches over the middle there. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, you're absolutely right. That was one no, thing that fine. I noticed was like, holy crap, Danny Amendola is finally here. He's finally shown up to a Miami Dolphins game. It, it was noticeable for sure. Well, and I don't think it's his fault looking at it now. I, I think Brock did a very good job of his progressions because he had time to throw. I will caveat with that um, to where he would look to the outside but then check down, and there's Danny standing there wide open like he is across the middle because they can't cover him. And I feel like that's been there. Uh, to be honest, I haven't watched the Coach uh, you know, 22 tape and all that, but um, it, there's no way he's been covered and not been able to be get some rhythm going and have some catches. So, uh Brock got lucky a few times. You know, there was that tip ball that went right to Kenny Stills. Um, I don't think one of those interceptions were possibly his fault. The deep one at Parker, supposedly he was injured and uh, couldn't really go up and get it. Like uh, I don't know if he would have anyway. It but, was a bad throw. I, it, that happened yeah. right in front of me, to be honest with you. I was sitting in the end zone when that happened. Now, that one was kind of inconsequential because it really turned out to be right at the end of the first half and essentially was kind of like a long punt. Um, punt but yeah. you could take a look at it and say, well, look, we went up 7 nothing at the half if he was able to you know throw that away or make a few small completions and kick a field goal you never even have overtime because you're up 10 nothing and you're you're winning at the end of the game uh, so I can understand that argument but it wasn't anything that hurt us so I, I'm okay with it he, he went for it right I mean we know Adam Gase is going to go for it every now and then you have Devontae Parker one-on-one out there but it was a bad throw and Devontae Parker doesn't help matters in that because you won't go up and get it he does, he's just not that guy um, but it was a bad throw so uh, partial blame I think to, to Brock Osweiler just from my eyes looking at it going man that, that thing just it, it looked like it was going to be picked off and it was 
Well, and then you also add in the fact that Frank Gore goes over 100 yards, so you got a balanced offense that's helping out the quarterback, yep. which doesn't seem like that Tannehill was getting. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where uh, Tannehill being out forced Gase to lean on the run more, which he should be doing. I don't know if it's a, a black eye on Adam Gase's play calling leading up to this game uh, to where there's a lot of fans screaming and yelling to stop forgetting about the run, like let's run the ball some. I mean, this was like one of the best defenses in the league coming in, and uh, um, one thing for sure, and you can attest to the same because you were there. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. But uh, Bears fans are saying that that fourth quarter in overtime, their defense was just absolutely fucking gassed. It, like that heat, that humidity, they were gassed. And Gase did a good job of continuing to run short passes, and we completely gassed them out and won that game. I mean, it's three three possessions in overtime, and we ended up winning. Um, Drake fumbling on the one, of course, is something we'll touch on. But um, three possessions in overtime, and they just could not get get us off the field. Their defense was torn. I was sitting in the shade and I was gassed in the fourth quarter. I mean, Ugh. it was hot. It was muggy. It felt like 95 on what 85 degrees and 90% humidity or something like that. So it was absolutely just a, a scorcher. And one of the things I found out, I was talking to one of my contacts there at the Miami Dolphins and he was in a full blown suit. And I'm like, man, how do you do this? How do you sit here in a suit all day? And he's like, this is nothing compared to the Raider game where this is what Adam Gase did. And I don't know if it was reported. But uh, one of the things that Adam Gase did is he actually pulled all the air conditioning off of the Miami Dolphins sideline in the Raider game. And the reason why he did that is because if you have air conditioning on your side or fans or whatever it they is, can too. they have to have it too. And he didn't want the Raiders to actually have any of that. So he actually wow. pulled all the air conditioning off of both sidelines. Uh, talk about a home field advantage. So now you have the Miami Dolphins who are used to this heat, but they're suffering too, but just not to that degree. And as you know, you've been in that South Florida heat. That shade, it starts at, at one o'clock. It starts on the Miami Dolphins sideline and it makes its way across the field. It doesn't get to the Chicago Bears sideline until halfway <laughs> through overtime. That's when they're finally in the shade on that side. So you combine taking away that air conditioning, taking away that privilege. They're baking in those orange seats, you know, in those orange. Uh, Orange jerseys, not used to it at this time of year. Uh, it, it was smart to use that home field advantage. It was tactical, but, man, he is a cold-hearted snake, that Adam Gase, because he, uh, he tortured his own players just to get that advantage in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's something um, you know that uh, you see in movies sometimes. You know, I, I think of uh, the latest Die Hard. I think um, where he's being held hostage and the guy has a gun to his head and he like shoots himself through his shoulder to hit the guy in the heart. Like right. you, you can, you take a little bit from you yourself and sacrifice just to uh, uh, just to hurt the other guys even worse. And that's what we did. And that is, you're right. That's savage as shit from Adam Gase. And that's how and that's how hot and humid you know it was because Frank Gore, as you'd mentioned, 100 yards just a, a fantastic performance by the old man but he was gassed I mean and he's from there and he was like man I got to come out and ultimately Kenyon Drake fumbles the, on the very next play uh, but it was hot it was humid and uh, but you know what it was a lot of fun to be there it was a lot of fun to be on the field and uh, I was yelling at Brock Osweiler before the game before they threw me off the field some guys can you guys can find that video on our, uh, our Twitter feed uh, Perfectville pod um, but here's the thing this is a question that came up after the game when I was talking to fellow Finn fans out there if Ryan Tannehill was starting this game, would we have won? I, I don't know. Like, honestly, now looking at it, and if he's starting injured, probably not. Um, I just – I don't know, Sam. It's one of those things. Yeah, he had Lamry Tunzel back, um, which that helped That's, immensely. It helps a lot, yeah. 
Well, plus Khalil Mack hurt his uh, ankle in the first half. So, I mean, I just feel like a lot of things fell into place. Plus, uh, we talked about this when the whole Matt Moore thing was happening in 2016. Uh, the Bears didn't know who to prepare for. Well, like you said, we found out an hour before the game that Tannehill wasn't playing for sure. So that whole week leading up to practice, they were preparing for both these guys. Um, the real Brock Osweiler is going to show up on Sunday with a defense that's fully prepared for him, and that is uh, game planning against him. And we're going to see how this goes. Um, but it's another home game, so that works out in our favor. We are three and zero at home. Um, just taking advantage of this brutal heat in in early September and October. So um, right now, I don't know if we would have won that game of Ryan Taylor Hill because I don't know if Adam Gates would have ran it as much as he did. Would he have given Gore opportunities to control the game, control the clock? Um, Once again, our defense played really well. Um, Some turnovers at at good times. Um, A couple sacks here or there. Uh, Just one of those things where we were playing without Cam Wake. Uh, We lost Woodyard or Woodard or whatever. Early in the game, too, a concussion protocol. Uh, but McMillan looked faster. He looked better. He, he, it looks like the game's slowing down for him. Sometimes I forget he's a, he's basically a rookie out there because he hasn't played in a, over a year. So these guys on defense look good. And uh, the fact that Albert Wilson, of all people, when uh, is named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, by the way, which is fucking kudos to him. The guy had an amazing game. Blocking downfield was great. Um, but yeah, he made Brock Osweiler look like a million bucks because those yards after the catch, I mean, it, the, the funniest thing in the world, Sam was him doing the, I guess like hands up in the air, Brock yeah. Osweiler, like he threw a five yard pass and his stats now say he has a 75 yard touchdown pass. He's like, I did nothing and I'm getting credit for this. This is amazing. So the fact that he's almost like aware of himself is, is pretty funny. I, I actually, after this game, of course, after a win, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, but I mean, I like the guy that he's been shit on. He, he had some, a big contract. It's not his fault. Anybody would have taken that. And, uh, yeah, he's not Peyton Manning at all, not even close to it. But he can go out there and win you some football games, a couple of games when you need him in emergency roles. And and I'm I'm really happy for him. Yeah, that was the most Brock Osweiler thing I've ever seen where he just kind of like shrugged his shoulders like, okay, whatever, (laughs) I win again. You know, that was like the the epitome of Brock Osweiler. But you mentioned a guy who – I didn't even tell you this, though. As you know, I was there. I was kind of sharing – um, certain things that I was experiencing while I was at the Dolphins headquarters, while I was hanging out with former Dolphins players and things of that nature. But I need to mention fuck this you, by you. the way. Yeah, well, it's about to get worse because uh, Saturday, uh, the day before, I actually ran into and had a conversation with none other than Albert Wilson, and uh, I actually told him, "Hey, can you score me a touchdown tomorrow?" And he was kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," because pretty much everyone asked him that. But he went out and scored two touchdowns, so I'm taking credit for at least one of those. And whatever one you feel was more spectacular, that's the one I'm taking credit for citizens of Perfectville. So <laughs> you're welcome because I ran into Mr. Wilson uh, the day before. Uh, he was signing autographs at Sinbad's there and then I ran into him afterwards while he was getting some food and uh, I talked to him for a brief little bit of a time and uh, wouldn't you know it, the good juju, the citizens of Perfectville, everything lined up in his favor and he went out and he just rocked the hell out of it. Um, I don't care what anybody says anymore. That guy was a steal and he should actually get more yeah. money than what he's actually getting. That guy uh, is an absolute stud and uh, I can't believe the Chiefs let him go. Now they're doing just fine without him but my god uh we we got ourselves a winner in albert wilson 
Yeah, not only did we get a winner, we got a guy that came from Andy Reid's uh, system, um, and Adam Gase is doing such a great job. I will give him credit for this, it, it just utilizing this guy in screens, yeah. uh, crossing routes, slants, and he's just getting open. He's uncoverable. Kenny Stills really has had a very quiet season because I think the attention's on him, and Albert Wilson is just taking advantage of the second team, linebackers and things like that, coverages, where um, the, the tides might actually turn, and that's a good thing for us because defense don't know who to cover. We talked about this with New England. They would always just take Jarvis Landry out of the game. They make sure they take one guy. But if we have multiple guys, you can't do that. There's nothing you can do. And the aforementioned Danny Amendola still is um, wet behind the ears of his success with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but how about him getting power slammed by that WWE move? And um, I think it was O'Leary, fucking Jack Nicholson's um, uh, grandson, tight end who had a hell of a game himself, um, can't ran over and got in the face of the defender. Uh, this is like a no-name guy who's successful at Florida State, but um, he's bounced around a couple of teams. He's doing well with us. Gase loves his tight ends, is, and, and he went over and protected his teammate. I thought that was super cool. The whole situation was uh, was insane. Everybody was jumping up in the man cave going nuts. Well, I was. everyone was going nuts there, and I was actually sitting next to a Bears fan who was quite funny. He was a very funny old man, and when that happened, he just goes, yeah, I don't think he meant to do that. It was just like so casual, like, <laughs> oh, no, it was an accident, and he said the same thing at the end of the game when Kenyon Drake got tripped, blatantly tackled uh, while he was wide open oh, yeah. going into the flat, and I lost my shit. The entire place lost their stuff. If we'd lost that game, I would have pinned that on there, and I'm pretty sure we would have gotten a letter back from the NFL saying, yeah, we screwed up on that. Sorry. The refs, the refs are bad. I mean, they've been bad for a long time, and there's a way to fix it, and I'm not going to get into this long diatribe on how, because it's very simple. Just make them full-time employees, and they'll be better at their job just like that overnight snap my fingers, uh, but they're, they're terrible. They're costing teams games, not just the Miami Dolphins, but quite frankly, uh, the roughing the passer penalty on Brock Osweiler was just as bad. Uh, the Chicago Bears have a gripe on that one, too, because that helps keep a drive alive as well, but I consider that a makeup call, considering the bad trash that was thrown in our way uh, prior to it, and that was part of it. I mean, there was no penalty uh, on the guy for slamming him. I mean, it just didn't make any sense, and I think you said Jack Nicholson. I think you mean Jack Nicholas, the, the former golfer. Um, that was oh, yeah. I did that on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. You know what? They're both cool. Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholas. Either way, you know he, he he's a he's a cool he's that cool lineage. Either way, so it's fine fine by him, fine and by us. It, while we're correcting each other, I I, I am a hundred percent sure they threw a unsportsmanlike or unnecessary roughness penalty on the Amendola slam. Oh, did they? Because I thought they marked it off on us when they did that. Did they not? Uh, well, I, maybe know, I'm ninety nine percent sure, but screaming. I no, there was a flag, but I thought it was on us. But uh, I was also very, very hot and screaming and and drinking, no, because so. I remember my dad specifically saying one more, and that guy's thrown out of the game because he got a uh, he got a unnecessary roughness well, unsportsmanlike conduct. So then I take it back. And, I think and, uh, if if I get corrected, fuck me. But yeah. Well, who cares? I mean, part of the charm of the show is that we don't know what the hell we're <laughs> we, talking yeah, about. Yet everyone never listens right. to us, so you know, thank you guys, citizens of Perfectville out there. Um, but no, the game itself was a, was a what a what a game to go to for my first home game. You know, it's just fantastic. The entire experience was great. I met Troy Drayton. I met Troy Stratford, who was rocking the Perfectville uh, koozie, Aronde Bagston there, which was a lot of fun to see him. I actually handed it to him, and he's like, "What is this?" And I explained it to him, and he's like, "I've needed this for years." I'm like, "Well, you got one now." Oh um, man, that's awesome! And you had it on the goal line those photos you had. Oh, I'm yeah. so fucking jealous. The inside of the stadium, I haven't seen it yet since the upgrades. Man, it looks like you had just such an incredible time before and after. And just to get that kind of win where Cody Parkey missed the field goal to win it, like his one miss of the year just to help us. And he points at the sky like he's a Dolphins fan, dude. Yeah. He's our like he's our secret agent. 
He is, and you know what? I I I, I think I posted some of the <laughs> the videos. I was sitting there just videotaping him, yelling at him the entire time while I was on the field during warmups. <laughs> and I, I have like seventeen pictures of Cody Parkey just kicking the ball, holding the ball, you know, staring off into the sunset, whatever. And uh, I was just giving him the bad juju, and I was just kind of looking at him. And I feel at one point he looked over and he just kind of winked at me, like he okay, I don't worry, I got this for you. He knows who we are, right? And I got to tell you this story. Speaking of people who know who we are, so I'm at the pool on Friday, Chris, and I'm sitting there and I see a guy and he's got like a coffee tumbler and it says Perfectville welcome to Perfectville on it I'm like hey uh, come over here I demand it and I come over here and I'm talking <laughs> to this guy and I'm like where'd you get that and he you know somebody made it for him and all that and I'm like oh that's really cool you know that's the name of our podcast and he goes oh you do Perfectville and I'm like oh yes here it comes here comes the adulation people listen to the show and he goes hey are you Chris and I'm like no I'm I'm <laughs> Sam and he goes oh I really like Chris and I'm just sitting there like are you shitting me I am right here it's the day before my actual birthday. well I am a two-time Hall of Famer Sam I like guess. come on it's a big deal to me the two-time Hall of Famer well the worst part about it is the guy looked exactly like Scott Van Pelt when he was telling me this too so I feel like I'm getting <laughs> punked by the ESPN sports <laughs> announcer while uh while sitting there in the pool like trying to get some praise for our podcast but apparently they like you more than they like me chris so maybe we should make that a poll who do you like better chris or sam <laughs> well then there's gotta be a third option fuck you sam <laughs> yeah yeah somebody else will write in like travis or something you know just to uh just to mess with kevin us. dern's dog yeah, kevin dern's dog you know that's my favorite part of this entire thing that we've been doing for the last three years kevin kevin dern's dogs um so all right, you mentioned it. You know, the real Brock Osweiler uh, is is going to be here this week against a Detroit Lions team that knows that Brock Osweiler is going to be there. Um, now, the Detroit Lions are in last place in their division. They're 2-4. and four. The Miami Dolphins are undefeated at home. This is their fourth home game now. Uh, but something real interesting here, Chris. Uh, through six games, the Miami Dolphins have 130 points. Through five games, because Detroit is coming off of a bye week, mind you, they have 125. So this team scores more than we do. Um their point differential, they've given up more points than we have. So looking at this game, looking at a, a well-rested Detroit Lions game uh, or team coming into Miami against a beat-up, just got to be completely wiped out Miami Dolphins team coming off that overtime win against the Chicago Bears. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Well, honestly, uh, I think the heat works in our favor again. We're home. Uh, we're getting Cam Wake back, possibly. McCain back, possibly. Um, Brock Osweiler is confident, you know, our – uh, running backs are looking good. Frank Gore, uh, like you said, got a little tired there. Drake, I think, has a new uh, opinion on life after that fumble on the inch yard line, trying to just reach over to win the ball game and us bailing them out and winning the game. Um, I mean, I could he probably thought the same thing. We're either going to lose or tie. There's no way we're winning that ball game, but we did. Um, very emotional uh, type of game, but it's one that we needed to have. And when you talk about how the AFC, the AFC in general is just a dogfight right now at the top, where honestly we are one bullshit just choke job half uh, against Cincinnati away from being tied for first place in the entire conference mm-hmm. at five and one. Um, we're just doing the right things. It feels like 2016 all over again, where like just the th- balls are bouncing our way. Things are happening. The McDonald interception in the end zone was just fucking Fantastic. absolutely insane. After because they had a touchdown to play before that, I yep. believe that yep. was called back. Um, it's it just like everything is kind of falling our way, even with the injuries, even with Tannehill being out, even with uh, Cam Wake missing games, like uh, Charles Harris missing games, like Hayes is out for the season. Like there's all kinds of stuff happening, and here we are. Um, 
and the game's just slowing down for McMillan and for Baker, and they're just going to get better and better. Uh, Baker made multiple plays on Sunday where he was either forcing a quick throw from Trubisky or getting involved in like an almost sack or QB hurry, like great coverage, like just fantastic stuff. And Rashad Jones running around that that third down stop or fourth down stop. Uh, is is just fucking unbelievable. Like he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen. Like Rashad Jones is insane. So in this game here, the only thing I want us to do, Sam, is cover Golden Tate because he is running his mouth now because Albert Wilson said he's the best yards after catch receiver in the league. Golden Tate said, uh, young man, you have to have more than five to six games of being good to proclaim yourself that. So he's going to come out. He's one of those cocky motherfuckers that dove into an actual live band while he was in college uh, at Notre Dame. Uh, he will just come out and try. He's like a Steve Smith type player to me uh, where he's going to come out and just be lights out on fire. We have to cover him. Um, but I think it's going to be a really Good battle, a good game, but our defense has to prevail here. Um, and then the Heat is just going to take a toll, man. They're going to be in their blue jerseys. Um, you can't prepare for this. You can't prepare for that heat and humidity. You know it, Sam. You came from California where really there's not as much humidity there, and not you're just all. drenched. Your yeah. sweat's dripping down your ass mm-hmm. just walking, let alone running around sprinting. Guys were taking forever to get up on the Bears' defense in the fourth quarter in, in overtime. They're just – gassed and drained the famous meme of Lawrence Timmons puking like it's just that heat is something you can't prepare for and we're getting these teams from the north that play in domes that aren't used to this and it's we're going to use it to our advantage I hope we run the ball more again another 100 yard game from Drake or Gore would be great and our defense needs to step up more turnovers where we're first or second in the league with turnovers keep it up I can see us absolutely winning this game and I would not be surprised well, here's the thing. Golden Tate is absolutely right. You need more than five or six games to, con- to call yourself the greatest at anything. But Golden Tate has not had more than four or five games himself, so uh, he knows of what he speaks because he can't claim that either. But uh, I'll take Albert Wilson over Golden Tate any single time, every single day. <laughs> uh, but my concern is actually Kenny Galladay. That guy is a very talented wide receiver. And really, in this heat, uh, the way the, the Detroit Lions can play this, is I, I do, do not be surprised if uh, Mr. Larry Blunt, LeGarrette Blount, is on mm-hmm. the field. And just trying to punish our defense with that big, heavy body. Now, I don't know if he can hold up the way Frank Gore did for four quarters, but I expect Larry Blunt to have quite a few uh, touches, carries, looks in this game because that body type, uh, just trying to punish the defense when they have the ball, uh, would not surprise me if he is uh, a heavy dose in this game. Uh, And they've got two or three good running backs there on the Detroit Lions side. But, however, I am going to say this. I am 6-0 and this year in picking Miami Dolphins games. Wow. Uh, And I look at this game, even with Brock Osweiler, even with the injuries, even with the long you know, beatdown of a game in that sun that just occurred and with the Detroit Lions coming off of a bye, this game is being played in Miami and I just experienced South Beach in a Miami Dolphins game for the first time and playing in that one o'clock heat till four o'clock is death it is absolute death so I'm actually going to go with the Miami Dolphins winning this game as well uh, the Detroit Lions aren't good on defense they're okay on offense um, I'm going to say we're going to win this game eh, 25 no let's screw that let's go 28 to 17 Holy shit. Sam, I'm taking a picture right now. Hold on. I'm going to turn on the volume of my phone so you can hear me snap a photo. So you know I didn't just write this shit, right? Now. 
I hope you heard that. I did. Um, I I picked us to win 27, 17. (laughs) Look at that. One of us, (laughs) one of us or both of us will be right somehow, but uh, there you go. I mean, I I think this team goes to five and two. I think, um, you know, they're going to give themselves a chance to get to the playoffs as much as they possibly can. And, you know, it's not the most important game if they do lose, but uh, the Detroit lions aren't a great team and coming off that emotional Chicago bears win, um, the, the Miami Dolphins have beaten good teams this year, and they've actually beaten you know the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they're supposed to beat the Detroit Lions. When I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, this is a team that they're supposed to beat. I still think, even with Brock Osweiler right there, because I do think Brock is good at just giving the ball to somebody else and going, here, you do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to get hit. You take the ball. And you do that with somebody like Albert Wilson. You do that with Frank Gore. You do that with Danny Amendola uh, and all these other guys that we got just running around. You put them in space and just let them work their magic. And I think Brock Osweiler is going to do that. And uh, by the way, if we do beat the Detroit Lions, that means that the Wizard of Oz schedule that we have just completed, the Lions, Tigers, and Bears, or in this case, the Bengals, Bears, and Lions, uh, isn't it ironic that if we beat both the Bears and the Lions uh, with Brock Osweiler, that the Wizard of Oz schedule will have been completed by Mr. Brock Osweiler himself. Oh. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz will take us down the yellow brick road to victory this weekend against the Detroit Lions. Wow, Sam, that's awesome. And then if you think about it, too, um, the stat, this is crazy. I saw it on Reddit. Brock Osweiler's first career start as a Denver Bronco, he beat the Chicago Bears. His first career start as a Houston Texan, he beat the Chicago Bears. His first career start with the Miami Dolphins, he beat the Chicago Bears. Now, when you think about it, those are all AFC teams. Those teams play the Bears every four years. So the chance and the absolute probability that his first start was going to be against the same team for uh, three different franchises and he was victorious each time was one of the most mind-blowing stats I've ever heard. Well, and I'm going to give credit to Bo Chapman, who actually came up with that stat. They started off this broadcast with Doug Gottlieb giving us that stat about Brock Osweiler's success as the number one start for every team against the Bears. That was dug up by my friend Bo Chapman, who actually did huh. stats for that game for Fox. Uh, the crew that was there that did our – this is how much they disrespect the Miami Dolphins. The crew that was there, uh, it was their tryout for NFL. They're a college football crew, but they got a tryout. This is the game they got. My buddy actually got the call to do the stats for this game he dug that stat out and then Doug Gottlieb asked hey can I use that stat on the air he did and then Brock of course goes out and proves that stat to be correct and now everyone's taking credit (laughs) for it but I'm going to give credit to Bo Chapman because uh, he is the guy who actually pulled that stat out and then it was read on air before kickoff by Doug Gottlieb uh, of Fox Sports so uh, that is a tremendous stat it's one of those mind-blowing stats and he actually told me that stat right before we were going out onto the field for the uh, pregame festivities so that's the only reason I know that Bo came up with it Uh, but that blows my mind absolutely correct i mean what are the odds what are the odds that you know first of all you're going to get starting jobs with three different teams and then the the times that that happens they're playing the bears and then oh by the way you're going to win every single time so that's uh that's crazy he probably woke up and Gase is like, hey, Tan Hill can't go it's all you he's like i've done this before yeah and then he was just like who's confident ready to go yeah does anybody know what his stats are against the lions maybe we don't want to know that <laughs> yeah i'm not sure yeah. I'll, I'll wait to look that up on Monday. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah, we'll look that up afterwards. I'll, I'll call Bo and find out. But, uh, hey, man, uh, this is kind of an abbreviated version of Perfectville. It is late on the East Coast. Uh, I am jet-lagged to all get out here on the West Coast. But uh, you gave your prediction. I gave my prediction. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? That's it, buddy. Well, that is it. So, uh, on behalf of Welcome to Perfectville.com and the entire DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, all I have to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.